with Gil Martin of, of New York Islanders to look at Tuesday's game, preview Thursday's game, and everything in between. Look at you know what the Islanders are going to do over the offseason, what the Penguins seem to do to go on a deep Stanley Cup run. All of that plus much more in this very special crossover edition of the Locked on Penguins and the Locked on Islanders podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special crossover edition of the Locked on Islanders and Locked on Penguins podcasts. I am Gil Martin. He is Hunter Hodes. Hunter, so glad to have you here today. Yeah, it's great to have, great to be there, Gil. Obviously, it's great to have you on my show. Um, really weird that that last night was the first time these two teams have played in five months. Um, just very, what a strange season it's been. But um, what a game it was. Very wild, chaotic. Um, I think that's how all Penguin Islanders games have been lately in their own way. I think outside of the, the Penguins playing the Capitals. The Islanders games are usually the most weird and chaotic. <laughs> yeah, it's a unique rivalry. There have been so many strange things that happen between these two teams. You can go all the way back to that 1975 playoff series where the Penguins had the 3-0 lead and the Islanders came back to win it in seven. Uh, and then so many different fights and playoff series. and, and don't just bring up that That's all I ask. Don't, just don't bring up that series. <laughs> All fair, all fair. But here we are. Uh, last night, yeah, I mean, this was a very weird game because if, if you would have told me that the Islanders would have given up four goals to the Penguins and almost allowed 50 shots and they would have won the game, uh, I would have bet against that. Uh, bet online would have given me some pretty good odds. Yeah, you know, the Penguins, they didn't start out the game well. They were really just turning the puck over a lot in the defensive zone. They went up one nothing, but even before that, wasn't really liking just how they were playing in the defensive zone. And then, you know, they give up the three goals. I'm not really going to blame Casey to Smith. I felt like just some of the defensive zone coverage was it, – it's been bad for the last couple of weeks. It reached, I think, a new height last night. But then I really liked how the Penguins played in the second and the third period skill. Um, that was probably some of the best hockey I think I've seen them play in the last week, week to ten days. Um, at least in my opinion. Um, this has been a team that's been really struggling. I don't know if it's just due to – Full regression. I think the stomach, the, the stomach bug has been really going around the team. I think a lot of players have been playing sick. I think it's part of it. Not going to say it's the whole thing. I'm not going to make all these excuses. But um, you know, with how they played, even when two of their forwards were lost due to the non-COVID illness, um, it, it was impressive. You know, they racked up almost 50 shots. You know, they tied the game going into the third. They even rallied again after the Islanders went up four to three. They got the point. Um, they probably should have won the game in overtime. Usually when teams get four on threes for two full minutes, I would say 90% of the time that team wins in that situation. The Penguins, though, had a really brutal power play. They were definitely, I think, missing of getting Malkin. But, yeah, just a, definitely a, a weird and, and, and fascinating game, you know, just because with how the Penguins were humming in the offensive zone those final two periods, usually that's good enough, even if they have a period where um, they stink up the joint a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the first period, the Islanders – clearly were the better team for most of it. And then in the second period, it was like the team switched uniforms. It, mm -hmm. The Penguins really took over the pace of the game. What, they have 19 shots on goal in the second period? I mean, it was just like the Islanders were standing still and the Penguins were moving. And, and, and you know, the whole tone of the game changed. And, you know, it was ironic. You talked about that power play in overtime. Uh, I think Casey Sezikis had a better scoring chance than any of the Penguins did on that power play. It was, uh, 
yeah. it was a strange, strange two minutes of hockey. Other than the Jake Gensel flat out robbery from Ilya yes. Sorokin from five feet out, I still have no idea how that was not game over right there. What a save. I mean, what a goalie he's turned out to be. Um, there was, yeah, Casey Shizikas had the best chance outside of that because the Penguins yeah. just way too much passing in that sequence. And, you know, I say this on my podcast all the time, Gil. I am not a shoot it guy that says screams from the seats of the crowd. But, you know, you had a four on three there. There's really not much the opposition can do except try to stand there and block shots. You got to put some pucks on net. You can't be just passing it back and forth, back and forth. Chris Letang, I felt like for as good as he's been this year, he was pretty dreadful on that power play. Also played this Azegas chance wrong. Um, if he's even, you know, an average Chris Letang on that unit, you know, maybe they do win that game. But, <clears throat> excuse me, it was just a really poorly executed power play. Probably one of the worst four on three power plays I've ever seen. Um, and it was definitely weird to see how much the Islanders also had control of the puck in that sequence because usually a team is hemmed in their own zone for that long. For I mean, at least for most of the two minutes, the Islanders had the puck for, I want to say, over half of it because the Penguins were just screwing up you know, royally with their, their passes, fanning on them. They weren't taking shots. Um, just a, not a good power play there. They, they deserve to lose in the shootout if you can't score um, for a full two minutes on a four-on-three situation. Yeah, I mean, it, it was very unusual. And and the Islanders, you know, because they don't have a lot of uh, pure skilled goal scorers, they tend to struggle in overtime when it's three on three. They tend to struggle in shootouts and yet to emerge with a win there against a Penguins team that has a lot more skilled goal scorers on their roster than the Islanders do. I, I was pleasantly surprised uh, that the Islanders were able to pull that off. One, one thing that bothered... Islander fans, and, and I do want to get your take on it. Uh, the penalty early in the third period on Bavillier, uh, I don't know which broadcast you were watching, but the replay that I saw, it, it showed that the Penguins player kind of tripped over the puck and that Bavillier's stick didn't really make contact with his skates. I just wanted to you know, see how you saw it from a Penguins point of view. No, it was that was definitely a, a terrible call, but I'm sure you saw the makeup call on seconds later. That was a peak. That was a pathetic. I mean, I think Mike Sullivan said, um, "I'm effing embarrassed for you" to the ref when he came over. He just smiled and laughed at him. I'm, maybe he'll get a fine for that. Who knows? Um, I def I definitely understood why Islanders fans were booing in that situation. The Penguins they got a gift goal out of it. What, what can I say? That was a gift. Islanders got a gift right back. I, I knew there was going to be a makeup call. We all did. It would take 10 seconds to get that call. <laughs> um, so really poor officiated uh, sequence there. Honestly, there's a lot of calls that were in the first period, too, that they they made. But then, you know, in the even after those two calls made in the third, obvious penalties were not called. And that's playoff officiating. I'm not, gonna, I'm not surprised just because there's no consistency with the refs. Um, I wish they could review those penalties. They, they get together, they talk about it, but then they still they keep the same penalty call. So I, yeah, these people have no idea what they're doing. This is why I always laugh at when people say like, oh, there's like some grand conspiracy or something. I'm like, no, these, these guys just flat out stink. Um, well, it's, it's a difficult job to try, yeah. to, to, try just, to keep track of, you know, 12 players on the ice in real time from a no replay, no slow motion, no – you know, it is a difficult job. I have to give them credit 
for the that fact at least. But yeah, the, there are times when you really wish they would do a better job of it. Yeah, it feels like it, to me like it gets worse as each year goes, which shouldn't even be possible to me because you know these are the best of the best, and you know there's so many debates with officiating. You know, I could probably spend an hour talking about that. <laughs> I do agree. You know, it's a very hard sport to officiate. I just you know in those kind of situations, go to a replay monitor, look at it. You want to reverse the call, make make get it right. You know, I know replay at times taken over a lot of sports and sometimes it's too much i think in that situation um you got to get it right because you know for as much as it benefited the penguins it did it got us at least a point um it's it still that they should not have gotten a gift goal out of that yeah no I, I mean and you know to me the important thing is consistency you know if you let something go let it go all game if you call it call it all game yes. but each officiating team they have to set a standard and they have to stick to that standard and the players you would think okay this guy is is one of the referees tonight i know how he calls a game i have to react accordingly it, it shouldn't be that complicated should it <laughs> i mean yeah i mean like for me you know just just call the rule book i think that that's my my clean my clearest take on that if it's a penalty you call it. You don't just ignore blatant things that are right in front of you because, oh, the score, oh, a team has more power plays than the other or anything like that. I, I can't stand that part um, of it. Of, of you know, if something happens, you just call. I just I want there to be more consistency. And I do think the players would adjust to those to that situation. At least that's just how that's how I see it. I, I agree. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Like you said, we could talk for hours exactly. about officiating. And, and and again, I do respect the fact that they do have a difficult job. We have got a lot more to get to on this special crossover edition of Locked On Penguins and Locked On Islanders. We'll talk a little bit about the Penguins playoff prospects and what the Islanders need to do to get back to the playoffs next year. Plus, uh, we'll look ahead to tonight's game or the Thursday night game between these two teams in Pittsburgh. Before we get back to our crossover special with Gil Martin of the Locked On Islanders podcast, we have to get into HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week, so they always arrive fresh all without a trip to the grocery store or a farmer's market. It's all about convenience as well with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned so you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snap with options like family-friendly or quick and easy recipes. You can also customize your favorite dishes with the new Hello Custom offerings by swapping out one protein or one side for another, upgrading for a more luxurious experience, or even adding protein to a veggie meal. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, you know, my girlfriend and I, we've used HelloFresh a lot. You know, it saves us usually about an hour or two a week by not having to go to Kroger down here in Richmond. There's a couple of the pasta rep recipes that I really love. And, you know, the recipes, they really only take 20 to 25 minutes to cook, to be honest. So, again, HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. So, Hunter, uh, I mean, they ha they could have clinched last night had they won in regulation, but what the magic number I assume is one point now as far as uh... it's it's three. But it, or, uh, any kind of win by the Penguins tomorrow um, gets them in, or yeah, obviously you know, Thursday. Whenever you're listening to this, um, right? Any, 
any kind of win for the Penguins on Thursday gets them in. Um, if the Penguins do not win that game, uh, they still basically just need one win down the stretch. The Islanders have 10 games left. I've seen their schedule. They play, I think, some of the best teams in the league for most of them. Um, they just need one win or one Islanders loss, and you know that will do it. Unless, of course, again, they don't win on Thursday. But the easiest situation, Gil, is just to win the game. <laughs> that, that's very true. What I mean, the Penguins have looked very good at times this season. At other times, you're like, what happened? Uh, what will it take this Penguins team to be able to go on a long playoff run? And obviously getting Geno Malkin back will help. But beyond that. Yeah, I just, I think I, I do want to see more consistency in the defensive zone. You know, a lot of the plays, especially in that game last night, and it was it's it's carried over into these games against the Islanders. You know, a lot of these zone exits are just, they're chipping it off the glass and just praying that the opposition is not going to jump up, take it down and keep it in the offensive zone or just, you know, slot, go against the boards and keep it in. Um, I'm not seeing enough good defensive play in their own zone. There's just a lot of chaos that, you know, the goaltenders are, are having to, build the skaters out a lot more. I mean, Casey DeSmith, I know he gave up four goals in 65 minutes. And then of course the shootout goal to Kyle Palmieri, but it could have been a lot more. He made some ridiculous saves. I think one of them, um, Beauvillier hit the post. Uh, um, Brock Nelson, I think was flat out robbed. Um, you know, he, he kept them in that game, even when it was three to one, heck even four to three um, in the third period. Heck, he also kept it a tie game when it was four to four. So, you know, it's just the Penguins have to play better defensively if they want to, you know, go far. And also, you know, starting goaltender-wise, Tristan Jari, he has regressed a little bit these last couple of weeks. I do think part of it is because of his workload. This is the most he's ever played in a season. He is um, one of the league leaders and the most amount of starts for a goaltender. That's why I wasn't surprised that Casey DeSmith got the start on Tuesday because they want to give him the, the rest down the stretch so that he can – Go back to his normal self from what we've all seen over most of the season. Um, and if he can get back to that level, I think the Penguins definitely have a, a good shot at winning, you know, at least a round, hopefully going on a deep run here. Um, they need him to outplay whatever goalie they face, whether it's Igor Shosturkin, whether it's, you know, Frederick Anderson if Carolina slides down, whether it's Sergei Bobrovsky down in Florida. Um, you know, the depth scoring it has to be there, I think, for the most part. Um, lately, it's 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 been better. You know, Danton Heinen got his 15th goal of the season last night. Jeff Carter is closing in on 20 goals. Um, you know, this is a very deep team, but, you know, can they continue to get offense when Sidney Crosby and Kenny Malkin are not on the ice? I think that's another big key for me as well. You know, the special teams, they've been really good all year, especially the penalty kill. Power play has been fine outside of, you know, mainly – last night in the overtime. But, you know, those are the main things that I'm looking at here um, for the Penguins if they want to go on a deep run here this year. You know, you talked about Jerry, and and look, he didn't have the strongest performance in last year's playoff series. Uh, I'll be diplomatic. He, 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 was, he, was not the, he was not a strong part of that. It's a nice way of saying it. Yeah, I'm being nice. I'm being yeah. nice. I know. But uh, how much confidence do you have that he will be ready? Because the first two-thirds of the season, he really looked like he had taken his game to another level. You mentioned the workload, that he seems to be uh, regressing a little bit in the last few weeks. Will he be ready for the playoffs? Well, the Penguins better hope so. Um, you know, and you're right. For the most part this season, he's been 
one of the five to 10 best goaltenders in hockey. It's only really been recently that his save percentage has dipped down a little bit. I mean, I think it was about a month, month and a half ago. He was at a 929 save percentage. You know, right now it's dipped down, I think, below 920 just because of this. You know, it's been a rough month for him just because he's been playing so much. And also because Casey DeSmith was not playing at a high level now that he's turned his game around a lot. And, you know, going into that Tuesday game, they'd actually won two of his last three starts. That's allowing, you know, Mike Sullivan to put Casey, you know, in starts that usually Tristan would have. So, again, you know, the the Penguins – they better hope he plays at a high level. Um, they, they have no choice. I mean, I've usually long said that they need average goaltending to win the playoffs, and they will be fine. Usually, that's the case. But again, if they do, if the New York Rangers are their opponent, and right now that's still looking like the most likely one, if Washington passes them, that's a different story. But he's going to have to uh, try to outplay Yorsha Sterk, and that's going to be a very tall task considering how good he's been. Um, you know, they, they can't have close to a performance than what we saw. Last season, I mean, he was the main reason why they lost that series. You look at the underlying numbers and everything, score effects. Um, I thought the Penguins, for the most part, were the better team. They just they did not get the goaltending. Ilya Sorokin gave them the goaltending, and I think that was the, the main difference, at, at least from my perspective. But um, no, I, I, it's gonna, that's the big question. You know, you write a redemption story in the playoffs. That's how I see it, and he's going to have his shot here in three weeks. No question. And that's, you know, if he does well, that's a a big step forward for his career. If he doesn't, what is his future with Pittsburgh? It becomes a whole different kind of a question. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you're going to have the same questions that the whole fan base had going into, you know, this past offseason. You know, are they going to go out and get a goalie? You know, are they going to go trade him? You know, what's going to happen? Because, you know, his contract is going to be up, I think, after, I think it's after next season. And for the way he's going right now, he, you know, he will be in line for a raise, but you know, that's also, it comes down to how does he play when the stakes are, are the highest? And, you know, we're going to about to find that out really soon. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited in a way. I'm also, of course, very nervous in a way. Um, they, they gotta, they gotta get at least average to above average goal pending if they want to win. No question about that. So we definitely still have a little more to get to for this very special crossover with Gilmore of Locked On Islanders. But first, have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't and you're missing out on one of Bill Bar's best tasting bars, Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They are marshmallow. They're not just protein bar. They are a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamon, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. And oh yeah, they're probably going to be your new favorite as well. Heck, all Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs are included. They're low-calorie, high-protein. You can place your candy bars with these. They heck they're better than candy bars. You can go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You will be blown away by what you see. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Now, at Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the Islanders, what what they need to do to try to get back into the uh, playoffs. You know, if you take away that 0-8-3 slump in November and December, which was largely because of the fact that they were playing without 7-8, sometimes even 9 players at a time with COVID, the Islanders would be fighting for one of those last playoff spots. Uh, 
the, the, you know, I just hope that, you know, they're going to be a year older. This is not a young Islanders team. I, I got to hope that, you know, they have another season or two in them with this current roster and that, that Lula Amarello is able to tweak that roster a little bit. You know, you talked before about Pittsburgh and their transition game, getting out of their own zone and, and, and uh, transitioning from defense to offense. That was a problem for the Islanders, especially earlier in the year. They miss Nick Letty. Uh, you know, Zdeno Chara took his spot in the lineup, but Zdeno Chara at this stage in his career especially is not going to skate the puck out, and he's not a great puck-moving defenseman. Mm-hmm. They need to add that, and then the other thing the Islanders obviously need is another goal scorer, which, uh, you know, this team, Matthew Barzal is a great skater, and he's a good passer, but he's not a shoot-first kind of guy. So if Lula Amarillo, I think, can make those two tweaks, you know, pandemic situation where half their lineup is unavailable for, yeah. for a game. I, I think this team can, can come back, but uh, what are your thoughts about, you know, you've seen the Islanders both earlier in the season and, and now what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. I mean, they've been, they've been playing a lot better recently. I mean, I, they were well behind Columbus and then all of a sudden they passed them with all those games in hand. I think their main problem this year, at least I, I think I saw a stat going into last night's game. They're eight and 33 and two or something. I guess some of the, some of the, I think, no, not eight, eight and 23 and two against some of the playoff teams, I think overall Western Eastern Conference. I mean, even if they win like close to half of those games, I feel like they're 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 right there fighting for that spot. I, mean, I think I also saw a couple Islander people say if it weren't for this 0-5-1 road trip earlier on in the season where they where they don't only where they only get one out of I think 12 points, you know, they would be right there right now. So you know, obviously you have the head coach in place, Barry Trotz. I respect him a lot. He's right out there with Mike Sullivan and John Cooper for the top three best coaches in the league. I mean, you can certainly argue Barry Trotz is a better coach than him. It's all about just what do you think their strengths and weaknesses are. Ilya Sorokin's incredible. We all know that firsthand. We've seen that too too much, you know. But I think the biggest question for them, Gil, you know, I know Lou Amarello talked about this at the deadline. You know, we want to make hockey trades to get better. That's the way we're going to do it. But these scores, they don't, you know, come on, come off trees. You know, you're going to have to give to get. And is Lou Lamorello prepared to give up a significant asset or a couple assets in return for a score? I think that's going to be my big question. You know, Bar- Barzal, you know, he's had a little bit of a down year, I guess. But I still think, you know, when he's on, there aren't many players better than him. Anders Lee is one of the best net front presences in hockey. Brock Nelson has really come out this year. You have a great top pairing with Pelik and Kulak. Noah Dobson, I think, is going to be a mainstay on that blue line for many years to come. There's a lot of pieces, um, I think, to like there. It's all a matter of, you know, tweaking, you know, maybe the bottom six, the fringes of that roster. And if he can get a, a good score or two, um, I said this previewing the, the game on Tuesday, I have the Islanders probably getting back to the playoffs next year if, if they make the right moves. I, I really – do believe that. Um, I know they're still mathematically alive, but I mean, are they really going to come back from 15 points down with 10 games to go? Uh, that would be, uh, I think, uh, if we're for those that listen to the Lock on Islanders products that are New York Mets fans, that is a Mets level collapse, I think, for what we've seen a long time ago. So um, very unlikely, but I think that's what I see personally um, with the Islanders. Yeah, they're a bit older. 
But they, there's still some pieces here. But I, th- I do think they need to go out and get another score or two because I think when they went to the conference final those two years in a row, what doomed them was that they didn't have that other game breaker. Um, and I think if they get that, um, they're going to be even – I think they're going to be pretty scary. I, I agree, and it's always great to get you know another perspective, uh, someone who, who knows their hockey like you do, so greatly appreciated. We are going to take a little look at uh, – Thursday's game between the Islanders and the Penguins, the scene now shifting to Pittsburgh. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm assuming we see Jerry uh, in goal for Pittsburgh, and I'm assuming it'll probably be Varlamov for the Islanders. I, w- I was going to ask you about that because Sorokin, he came, I think he was coming back from an injury, if I'm not mistaken, obviously played that Tuesday game. Is, he, is Varlamov expected to go? Have they been rotating the goaltenders a bit, but yeah, you will see Tristan Jari, I'm pretty sure, for this one. Yeah, I mean, it's not 100% certain, but I would think Varlamov, uh, it, it will be his turn. And, you know, like you said, the, they are mathematically alive, but realistically, uh, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs this year, barring a complete collapse. And, you know, Varley has been playing well for the most part as of late. And uh, I expect with the schedule being compressed that they do have another game Friday, uh, it would make more sense to to rotate the two goalies. So, Oh, that's right. I almost forgot that. I believe you uh, you guys play the, the Canadians on Friday. And yeah. Then you go to Toronto on Sunday. So, yeah, I forgot that it is a back-to-back situation. So. Um, yeah, I, I guess that would make sense. I think it, it maybe in a way it helps Pittsburgh that they're not playing Sorokin again, but you know, either goaltender is going to be a challenge um, for the Penguins. But yeah, it, it's probably going to be Tristan Jari. In, um, Injury-wise, I mean, there's really no injuries, knock on wood for now. We just have to see if uh, Brian Ross and Evan Rodriguez are good to go. There has been a massive stomach bug going around the Penguins lately. Um, I'm pretty sure over half the team has been sick or been playing through it. You know, as I said earlier, it's maybe a small reason why they have been playing as better, but you know, I think a good chunk of it is just, you know, they're not, the, the details haven't been there. What do the Penguins need to do better mm-hmm. Thursday that they didn't do on Tuesday to come away with the W? Yeah. I, I think, you know, how they played in the final two periods, honestly, you know, they were limiting the scoring chances in those two periods a, a bit more. Sure. There was some chaos in the defensive zone at times, which will need to be cleared up. But, you know, they were still limiting chances a lot better, you know, those last two periods. I think going into the third, the Islanders only had four to five high-danger chances when I checked out natural um, sat tricks. So the Penguins are doing a good job with that. But, you know, it's, it's all a matter of, you know, especially in the first period, you know, not, you know, allowing the Islanders to convert, you know, on some of these really good chances because, you know, that second goal that they scored was a shorthanded one when Jean-Gabriel Pajot made everyone look very foolish. Um, the the back-checking was really not there. The Penguins have to be much better in that regard. Mark Freeman was not nearly as aggressive as he should have been on that opening goal. Um, and then the third one, you know, just Teddy Bluger passing it right to Josh Bailey, basically being a double agent in that <laughs> regard. And that's a one-timer that, you know, any player will probably bury a hundred percent of the time. It's all about, you know, just, you know, cutting back on the dumb mistakes because I really feel like there's just been a lot of, I guess brain rot is the word from the Penguins in their play recently. If they can cut down on that, I really feel like they'll have a good shot at winning this game because they were very close in that Tuesday game. I felt like at least the overtime, they probably deserved a better fate if they actually had a good working power play. But once they got to a shootout, um, 
Honestly, I could have turned the game off, and I knew they were going to lose because of how awful they are in shootouts this year. It looks like they don't even try. Um, but those, you know, that's the main thing that I'm looking for um, for the Penguins there. And also, you know, I guess for, for special teams, you know, continue to, you know, like penalty kill continues to kill penalties, and then the power play if they can be more consistent and not just look to overpass. Um, I, feel, I feel like the Penguins can come away. Um, with this win. So I liked a lot of what they did in that Tuesday game, but there are some still bad habits that I want out of their game. From an Islanders perspective, they've got to cut down on the shots allowed. I mean, you're not going to win too many games giving up 47 shots on goal, even if there are an extra five minutes in a game. So uh, slowing down the Penguins through the neutral zone, I think Pittsburgh had a lot of room to maneuver, especially in the second and third periods. And, And just making smarter plays in their own zone. I mean, the, the Islanders did struggle to clear the puck for the last 40 minutes of the game. I, I think that was a definite issue as well. Uh, surprisingly, because the Islanders don't do this often, they did have a lot of shots. I think they had 37 shots on goal mm-hmm. in the game. They've got to keep doing that. You know, I'm also not one of those people who think you should always shoot the puck. The team have a lot of guys who never shoot the puck or, or very rarely shoot the puck. So, you know, if you listen to, to my podcast, I am often saying, you know, don't let the perfect play get in the way of the good scoring chance. You know, if you've got a good scoring chance, take it instead of trying to make that perfect pass to get the, the elite scoring chance because, you know, more often than not, you're not going to get it. Uh, so, you know, those are sort of the factors I think the Islanders need uh, in, in order to, uh, to get another two points tonight. It won't be easy. Pittsburgh, a good team and, and a road trip is always a little tougher than playing at home. Yeah. And, you know, I think the Penguins are going to be really motivated to win this game just to get the clinching out of the way. You know, a, a lot of these games right now, just because of the standings, they don't mean much. It feels weird to say it with two and a half weeks to go and you're not in the playoffs yet, but you kind of basically are. But at the end of the day, you know, you look at the gap from, you know, the eighth to the ninth place team or heck even third to fifth in the Metro. And, you know, the games, they, they don't matter as much. It's mainly just, you know, fine tuning your play, getting ready for the playoffs when the games really start to matter. That said, you know, I, I want to see a lot more from the team here down the stretch. You know, it continues with this game, you know, they're playing a team that's been better um, than their record, at, at least right now. So really curious to see how the Penguins come out um, in this one because the crowd's going to be behind them. I'm sure it's going to be, you know, the crowds have been all right at PPG. You know, I think they've known for a while that the team will make the playoffs, but I'll be curious to see if, you know, they, the, you know, the diehards really come out um, for this one. You know, you know it's, it's funny, you know, the Penguins, that when they get that, a good scoring chance, they they, they sometimes try to Harlem Globetrotters it. A lot of times it does not work out, and I'm just like, all right, just shoot the puck in those situations, especially on like odd man rushes. They'll always try to force a pass to make it look so good. I'm like, take the shot that's right there. A lot of times you will beat the goaltender. It's just, I I don't know, something that has to work with that. (laughs) No question about it. All right, well, thanks for making Locked On Penguins and Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Hunter, I want to thank you for doing this crossover episode. Always fun. want to wish you and the Penguins good luck the rest of the way. And uh, thanks again. We'll do this again probably next year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Curious to see what the Islanders do in the offseason unless they – 
somehow make the playoffs and a team loses 10 or 11 in a row to end the year and the Islanders win all their games, but more likely we'll probably we'll definitely do another one of these next season. 